God is good. You can be seated. Thank you, David. Awesome. God is good. Man. That was a good word from Steve Kelly on Sunday. Yes? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Really good word. You know, one of the things that we, you know, I appreciate, appreciate you coming out for Wednesday service, but I mean, I appreciate you being here, but it's good for you. It's good for, it's good for everybody. It's good for you during the week to, to hear the word preached because what we battle against individually, what we battle against is, is conforming to things that are simple and easy. The, the flesh is simple. It's the, the, the ways of, of how you feel are simple. And it's easy to cave in and forget things and forget to do right and forget to be challenged to understand what right really is, you know? I mean, it, it, right isn't a bunch of laws, and if you, you know, if you do this ugly thing and you do a bad thing or something, then God's going to put an X on you. No, 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 that's not God, not in any way, shape, or form. But, but there's so much out there, there's so much that wants to entice us and draw us in to um, think that the ways of the world are better. Um, one, one thing, one really good thing about having lived longer than some people. There's other people that have lived longer than I have. But uh, one good thing about living longer than some people is, is that you learn some things that you can make better in your life and help other people at younger ages to get better at that age. You know, And, and that's what the Word does for you. And, and it reveals things to you about life and how to live life and live it to the full and live in the fullness of life. And, and, and it's all found in God, but there's a whole system that's out there that wants to rob you and I of understanding how to live that way. There's a whole system out there that wants to trap you and keep you bound up and, and keep you focused on natural things instead of developing and learning and understanding spiritual things, right? And so I, I know one of the reasons over the last year, about a year and a half now, that God's really been talking to me about, about the name of Jesus and understanding what we have and what's been given to us. And so as I've been sharing some of these messages on the name of Jesus uh, uh, one, of, one of the nights, I think we did it a couple of nights, was that there's healing in the name, that our healing is in the name of Jesus. So what Jesus did for us, he, in his name is deposited already our healing. Our wholeness has already dip, been deposited in the name. Well, tonight, title of my message is Peace in the Name. Peace has already been deposited in his name. Everybody say peace. Say this after me. I think I know what peace is. Then say this. But I think pastor is going to teach me something tonight where the peace I thought I knew 
I really didn't know. Okay, I, I agree with you. Amen. <laughs> so, we think we know what peace is, right? We think we know what it is. Well, one of the definitions in the Webster of peace is being calm. And that's one of the definitions in the Greek <laughs> for the word peace is to be calm. It's calmness. But, like you just confessed, there's so much more than just being calm. I mean, you know, when a person's at peace, they're calm. But if nothing's going on around them and they're calm, that's one thing. But if all hell's breaking loose and they're still calm, that's something else, right? And that's the calm that we have in the name of Jesus, that when all hell could be breaking loose, it could, nothing could be going on or all hell's breaking loose, but it's the same calm. It's the same peace. And it's been deposited in his name. And so tonight, I, I want to do something. Um, I've got about nine, nine verses of Scripture that I'm going to look at each one of them just real quickly. But these are all in the letters of Paul to churches or individuals. So in Romans 5 and verse 1, Paul says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ is his name, and his name is... The Word of God. Did we teach that last week? His name is the Word of God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace, we have calm, and so much more, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? 1 Corinthians 1 3. <clears throat> this is Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So Paul's writing a letter to the church at Corinth and he's saying, calm. Yeah? But he's saying a whole lot more. 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1 and verse 2. His second letter, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 1 and verse 3, which says that right there. Grace to you. This is the letter that Paul's writing to the church at Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and verse 2. <clears throat> Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1 and verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Philemon, chapter 1 and verse 3. Philemon. Philemon. Where did I come up with Philemon? Why did I say that? Philemon. I had abbreviated it, and I put Phil right there. <coughs> I guess that's why I said that. Anyway, that's what it says. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Philemon. That was that, that's what it was. That, that's got to be what it is. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that had to be prophetic right there. I know it was. <coughs> so, peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Calmness, and then another word is completeness in the Lord Jesus Christ, being complete. Now, in John chapter 14, John 14, and we've read this a number of times, John 14 and verse 27 Jesus makes this statement. Well, uh, let's back it up to verse 25 just for a minute. I want, I want to read 25 and 6 as we lead into verse 27. So let's start with verse 25 first. He said, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance All things that I said to you, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, what is something that the world gives that has the appearance that it produces peace? That was was what I was looking for, Jessica. That is exactly what I was looking for. A vacation. Vacations. Uh, a cruise. Uh, you know, going, going somewhere that looks really good on the commercials. Huh? Anybody ever gone on a vacation that in the back of your mind you thought it was going to be one thing and it ended up being something totally different? Anybody ever gone on a vacation... And when you left, you were kind of stressed, but when you got home, you were three times as stressed. <laughs> it depends on who you're with and where you go and what it's all about. Listen, listen, when, when you're looking for a calmness and the relief of stress in a place, well, l- l- let me back up and say this. How many love vacations? I got both hands up. I love vacations. I love taking time off and doing things like that, but... but That's not where your peace comes from. That's the way the world gives peace. See, the world has an idea that if you can go on some deserted island somewhere and and there's no issues, I tell you, the devil is on that deserted island and he's going to find a way to get to you if you don't have the peace of God that is ruling in your life so that no matter what happens on your vacation, you're going to relax. Things are going to be well. But it doesn't have to be on a vacation to get the peace. You've already got the peace because the peace comes from 
Jesus Christ, the Word of God. See, His name is the Word, Jesus Christ. What's been deposited in that name is this peace that goes beyond anything that you and I can even think or ask of or for. Several words that define this, and we'll look at a few more verses of Scripture that will define these, but, but several words that define peace, like I said, calm. Um, but prosperity is in the definition of the word peace. Quietness. A heavenly rest is part of the definition of peace. A heavenly rest. Now, there's two words in the Greek, and, and, one, and, and, and there, one is part of the word, and then, then there's the full word. But, but the, the, the part of the word in the Greek that is peace is the calmness and the quietness. The other word that, it, that comes from this word is the word peacemaker. Okay? So, when I, when I was looking at this and studying it out, it's one thing to be a person that is going to be the peacemaker, but then the word actually is and, and means that Jesus is, is our peace. And and, and I have a verse of Scripture that backs that up. He is the peace. When I I, I was uh, gone for a few days this week, and I was in an airport, and I was about to board a plane, and there was a guy with his less than two-year-old child. It It was a man and his child. And this little boy was a busy little guy. Okay, and the dad was attempting to get the little boy at peace. So he was attempting to be a peacemaker, but the problem was the dad wasn't at peace. Okay, I mean he was all over the place. You know, I I I almost stepped in to help the guy because I felt so bad for him. He was dropping his suitcase, and he had, he had a hat on, and it kept falling off, and the kid was running everywhere, you know, and, and he had some kind of a leash on the kid where he was trying to hold him back, but, but the kid was tripping over everything, and, and he was attempting, he was attempting to cause peace to come to the boy, but the problem was the dad had no peace. See, to be a peacemaker with no peace is trying to like build a car with no plans. Right? And and so the thing is this. Notice in this chapter 14 and 27. He said, "Peace I leave with you, my peace," Jesus said, "his peace he gives to us. He has given us his peace, and I'll go on to say, and I'll read this verse in a moment. It says, "He is that peace. See, it goes beyond Jesus just trying to make peace in your life. No, he's already made it because he already is that. And what's deposited in the name is the peace I need when I need it. When I need it. 
when you see something happen and, and you didn't expect it or someone passes unexpectedly and, and all of a sudden you feel this emotion going on. What's already been deposited in the name that I have the ability to speak and declare is that peace. I can command the peace over my flesh, over my emotions. I can command things to, to line up and get in line because of what's already been deposited. And it's not the peace the world gives that's conditional. And it's not me trying to find Jesus to come and make peace. He's already made it. So I have the peace. And I can draw from the peace. And I can, I, I can begin to go from emotions that are stirred up to a calmness as I draw from the peace that he's already given me. And, and again, what's so good about it is it's not something that's out there that I'm trying to get a hold of. It's already there for me, and I'm learning to receive it. His peace, not as the world gives, not conditional, and not getting peace from someone that doesn't have peace. Not only does Jesus have peace, he is peace, and he's my peace. Can you say amen? Look at this in Ephesians 2. And verse 14. For he himself is our peace. That pretty much settles it right there, is that? For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. There is no separation between mankind. In, in, in the days before Jesus accomplished what he did, there was a separation between Jew and Gentile. And those two then through the blood of Jesus, have become one. There's no separation in mankind. There's saved and unsaved. But all were created in His image to be saved. Not for one to perish, but all to come to the saving knowledge. And, and it's that peace that He is that brought us together. Now, the salvations... When people get born again, when someone comes to God or they rededicate their life, what they're coming to is that peace. It's that oneness. It's that connection with God that brings a calmness and it, and it brings this tranquility. It brings the, this quietness, this place of heavenly rest that he created you and I to live in every day of our life no matter what we feel no matter what's going on he created us to live in that place so that's invested in the name i don't know about you but i can do all things through christ who is my strength can can i not huh you and i can do all things so that's got to be not only coming out of my mouth but going in my ears and me believing it and putting it to work in difficult times and situations there's nothing going on it's one thing to be at peace, but when all hell appears to be breaking loose, I have the same peace, and it's non-conditional. It'll work in the midst of things going on that are not so good and in the midst of things that are good. Because you know what? When it is good, I want to stay at the top. When things don't appear to be good, mentally and emotionally, I want to continue to be in the same place. Right? 
The verse of scripture that we have that really drives that home is Philippians 4. And we, you, if you've been here very long, you've heard this many, many times. <clears throat> but it says in verse 6 of Philippians 4, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses or goes beyond all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I like the Amplified in verse 7. It says, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall, get, shall, get, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this peace is a protection from all that stuff that comes. Notice it didn't say this stuff doesn't come. See, see we're deceived into thinking that we're going to live a life where there's not going to be difficulty because there's difficulty in the world. But when it comes, the peace is mounting guard over my heart and my mind. Those are the two areas that really matter, my heart and my mind. And if it's guarding that and it's protecting me from that, then what I have to do is receive that, not try to make it work. Now watch. Back up to verse 6. This is what it, this is what the word is saying. This is what Paul's saying in this passage to the, to the church at Philippi. He is saying to them, this is what you have to do to be on the receiving end of the peace. Be anxious for nothing. What does that mean? Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be concerned about anything. Okay? Can we do that? He wouldn't have said it if we can't. How do you know you can do that? Because you can do all things through Christ, through Jesus Christ, who is your strength, who is the living word. So he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So when something is coming at you, now my requests are, my declaration, my supplication is what the word, the living word says, in the name of Jesus, no, you will not overtake my mind. And if you don't develop that, then the peace that is already there for you can't stand guard over your heart and your mind because you're allowing the bombardment to continue to come. And, and is it out there? Absolutely. And it's out there even more for people that attempt to do the word. But we don't need to be attempters. We need to be doers. Right? Because if you hear what I'm saying tonight, and he, Hebrews in, uh, what is it? Um, James. James 1 says, you can be a hearer of the word, but not a doer. You deceive yourself, thinking it's just going to go away because I heard it. Well, I came and sat here tonight, and, and so the devil's going to leave me alone. No, 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 no. No, in fact, he'll come even more to try to disrupt and disturb you through natural circumstances and things in the natural to try to keep you from coming back on Wednesday night. See, but when you hear something like this and you can take these verses of Scripture and you can apply them in your life, then what's already been deposited in the name and it's already there for you will work for you. And I'm not talking about once you've been saved for 25 years. 
I'm talking about in the moment you do something with it. Everybody say, I'm a doer. doer. Say it again. Say it three times. You and I are doers of the Word of God, not just hearers of the Word. We are doers of what we hear. Amen? Because when I do what I hear, then this peace that brings a calmness, a tranquility, a heavenly rest, it brings the manifestation of what was completed through the blood of Jesus into my life right now, in the moment when I need it. Can you say amen? Not someday and in the sweet by and by, but right now. Now notice in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of, good, of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, what does it say to do? It says to meditate on these things. So my meditation, my meditation on the things which are good and pure and perfect and lovely and things of a good report, that's where I've got to spend my time. While back I was around some people that were just, man, it just seemed like everything out of their mouth was just critical of other people. Not anybody around here. But, but I was just with a few people, and they were just being very critical. And what I found was, the more I listened to what they were saying, I found myself tempted to get in agreement with what they were saying. You know, because they were talking about other people. And, you know, I, in, in your mind, if, if I'm just, the, the, this has nothing to do with Dale. I'm just using him as an example, okay? But let's just say that, I saw Dale get mad, okay? Let's just, I, I just from a distance, I saw him like yell at somebody or something. And so then one day somebody comes to me and says, you know, Dale's got a real anger problem. And I said, really? I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden, the enemy goes, yeah, you remember that time when you saw him yelling at that person? Oh, yeah. So all of a sudden, that person says that, you know, he's got a real anger problem, and, you know, I think... I think this, that, that, or the other. Yeah, 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 that's probably right. Because now I gave in to the thought of one time seeing him do that. Never seen him do it. And I've known Dale for 20 years. And never before had I ever seen him do that. And then one time I saw one little thing. And then someone else said something. See, the devil knew that I saw that. And he came to make sure that it got confirmed by the report of someone else. That's how those things work. They constantly work like that. That's not meditating on things that are true and lovely and of a good report. Those are meditating on things that want to get you in your mind thinking the worst of people and every situation that you come across. Because when you're in that place, then there's no peace guarding your heart, no peace guarding your mind, no peace guarding anything in your life. This is my heart. This is my mind. I said, your heart and your mind. <laughs> I caught myself. Uh, but do you hear what I'm saying? There's nothing guarding your heart and your mind when you're meditating on critical things. If, if, if you and I live our whole life and we get that one thing right there about what, what that scripture is saying, what to meditate on, what to think on, and, and, and eventually what you think and meditate on is what's going to come out of your mouth. So when I'm thinking on good things about other people, 
And then there's another opportunity that would present itself the same way. Because see, the devil hits you one direction, he'll come at you again. See, we're not focusing and giving power and strength to the devil. But the, the Bible says, and it's very clear, give the devil no place. In other words, expose his ways and the things that he wants to do to trap us and get us, you know, get us caught in a situation where we say things and do things. That's not really what you want to do, but the more you do it, the more you do it. So I want, to be, I want to be in the flow of doing and meditating on good things and right things and saying right things because the more you do that, the more you'll do it. And, and you know who's in charge of that? Me. Who's in charge of it in your life? You. It's your responsibility to get a grip in your head, right, and then watch everything that comes out of your mouth. It's your and my responsibility. But he's given us his name, and it's not just a name like I've been talking about for a while. It's not just the knowledge of the name, but it's the investment in the name. Everything that Jesus invested in that name was given to you and I for you and I to use. Tonight what we're talking about is peace that's in the name. Look at 1 Corinthians 14. And verse 33. Gosh, I love this. Well, I meant to read verse 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I I, I was looking down at that verse right there, and I'm thinking, and then I looked over, it was verse 34, and I'm thinking, what did I do, write down here? Uh, anyway, it's worth, it's worth the laugh anyway, right? Verse 33. God is not the author of confusion. Now listen, this is, what, this is the point I want to drive home tonight. I want you to catch a hold of this, Okay. Another part of the definition of the word peace is, and, and, and I got this out of, a, out of a Wiest commentary, and it says, it says in there that peace equals no trace of confusion. <laughs> no trace of confusion, that's peace. Watch this. God is not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace, as in all churches of the saints. He's not the author of confusion. Now, this is one verse of Scripture taken out of some points that were being made, but this verse of Scripture is absolutely true. He is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. So what peace is? Peace is. When you have peace, there's no trace of confusion because you, mixing peace and confusion together is like mixing oil and water, and you can stir all day and for 100 days, and it'll never work. You're either going to be in confusion or in peace. And how do we get peace? By meditating, as we just read in Philippians 4, by meditating on the things which are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of a good report. As my meditation is on those things, whew, there's no end. 
There's absolutely no end to what God will do and, and, and how the peace of God will rule and stand guard over my mind. I'm just telling you this right, right now, today. A week from now, two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now, 20 years from now, you need the peace of God in your life in the form, in a, in a manifested form where you're able to draw from that and live in it every moment. And you know how you get there? By developing it today, by med- practicing your meditation and your confession today, making sure that it's on the Word of God, that your focus is on His Word and not on all the things that are going, out, going on out there. Because those things, the, the, all the circumstances of the world will work against you and the peace of God will work for you. It's already there for us, right? It's already been deposited in his name, and his name was given to us, as we've talked about for the last few weeks. Amen? Amen. So, I want to end this tonight with these two passages. Look at... um, Look at Romans 8 and verse 6. Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnally minded is death. And not just like ceasing to exist, but the word death there is destruction, to to live in, in a destructive way. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. So, so it's vitally important for you to be dialed in to the things of the Spirit. To be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is death and destruction. Okay? So the word carnal has to do with the senses, with our sense realm, our, our taste, our touch, our sight, our hearing. All, all of the sense realm is if I'm ruled by my senses, then, my, then, I'm, then I'm carnally minded, meaning that my mind is not guarded and protected by the peace of God. But to be spiritually minded, for my, for all, for my senses to be listening to the word, to be seeing the word, to be meditating, to taste it, to touch it, to make it a part of me, then what happens is, in the midst of the word becoming that to me, it creates this guarding of my heart and my mind. See, so when the negative reports come, I know that's not right. I can't get in agreement. When, when the people I, I was with a, a while back, when, when I was with them and they were being critical of, of people that I knew, and, and as I was listening to some of that and I could feel myself being lured into that, I stopped it. See, I have the ability to stop it. It doesn't say that you won't find yourself in those situations. I mean, they're just friends of mine, right? And I, so I, I find myself landed in this situation liti- li- listening to critical talk about people that were created in the image of God. I don't care whether it's true or not. But to get in agreement, the Bible says any two agree as touching anything that they declare or get in agreement about, it'll be done, whether it's good or bad, because the power of agreement in a positive way, will work from God, but the power of agreement is set in motion out there. You can get an agreement with people about negative things, and the negative will work. I don't want to be a part of that. 
I have the power, I have the peace, I have the confidence in the name of Jesus to stop those things in their track. I'm not talking about preaching to these people that were talking ugly. I can't change that in them. I can't. Actually, when I wouldn't agree with one of them, as they were talking, when I wouldn't agree, I just kind of looked at him. You know, it challenged him. And actually, it kind of ticked him off. But I didn't say anything, and I wasn't acting like, you know, you know I'm you know, super spiritual or, you know, I, I'm not saying anything and I'm judging you. I wasn't judging him at all. I was protecting my heart and my mind. I was not allowing myself to get an agreement. And I, I'm telling you, it would have been easy to because some of the things they were talking about in the back of my mind, I knew they're probably right. But you know what? So if, if there's something about your life that is true, is it going to help you for other people to get an agreement about how bad that thing is in your life? No, what, 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 what the people they were talking about needed, what, we, what needed to happen right there, and if God would have led me to do it, I would have done it, what needed to happen in that situation right there is us get together in agreement that, okay, that may be so. We don't know the whole truth and the whole story there. That may be so. We're going to believe right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that stuff coming down in their life. Amen. What will happen? What will happen? Amazing things will happen. The peace of God, when the peace of God gets into action through an individual person, there's no end to what, what, what can happen. Now watch this, and I'll end with this in Galatians 5. Here, this to me drives the point home. Galatians 5 and verse 19. <clears throat> well, let's back up to verse 16. Galatians 5 and verse 16. Paul says this. Remember, this is a letter to the church, and the church is having issues. Well, this is a letter to gates of the city because there are issues. Everybody's got issues, and everybody faces and, and lives in a life where there are people out there that have issues, okay? And he says this. I say then, walk in the Spirit... And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, then you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are all these different things, okay? But the fruit of the spirit is what? It's love and it's joy and it's peace. The fruit of the Spirit is all these things. And he said, against such, there is no law. Now watch this. This is how I want to wrap this up tonight. And I want you to, I want you to remember this and think about it and begin to really meditate on this in your own life on a day-to-day -day basis. When you hear something, when you hear a message like this, the tendency is to, okay, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't, and I can't. That's what happens. If you hear a message like this, that's what happens when your mind is carnal. Everybody, everybody has a carnal mind 
at one time or another in, a, in one situation or the other. It's not, you know, carnal mind is, you know, just, you know, thinking bad thoughts or having lust or this or what, those kind of things. No, to be carnally minded is to not think according to the Spirit. And that's what he's saying right here. This is the difference. When your meditation is not on natural things and, and, and you're not moved by what other people do. In other words, other people's, other people's actions don't dictate your response. That's the difference in being carnally minded versus spiritually minded because spiritually minded people that meditate and think on the things of God, when someone has a specific action, my reaction has to counter with the word, the results of the word and the fruit of the spirit, not my reaction being emotional based on what someone else has done. So you'll always be worked up and turned upside down and ticked off at the world when you're carnally minded. That's what has to change. But he said to, to be spiritually minded, he said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and all these different things, and against such there is no law. So see, I'm free. I am free. I'm not bound up where, okay, I have to love I have to have joy, I have to have peace, I have to work up long-suffering, i got to really work hard to be kind, oh, and the goodness, oh, the goodness, and faithfulness, oh, and i got to just, I have to, I have to be in self-control, I have to do everything just exactly right. No, he said, against those things, there is no law. See, I'm free to love as much and love everybody I come in contact with. I'm free to walk in self-control because when I begin to see it that way, see, some people think, well, you know, we need to lay the law down for people because they're going to sin if we don't. No, 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 people are already sinning. See, people are already making mistakes. The law is not going to change the mistakes. Being spiritually minded is what's going to change the mistakes that all of us make in life. And when I change the way I think and the peace of God is guarding my heart and my mind, I mean, up here, in my mind, in here, in my heart, it's guarding it, and it's protecting me, then daily, my responses are being on the heavenly side instead of the carnal, earthly side, and as I, the more I do that, the more I do it, carnal or earthly, or heavenly, earthly or heavenly. So the more I I lean towards the spiritual side and being a doer of the word and meditating on the good things and then practicing it on people around me. That peace, all of a sudden, it's just there. See, it's, it's, the peace doesn't have to be worked up. The peace has to be released because it's already there. So every single time that I choose to do what's right, in declaring the word over a situation and being a doer in not giving in to reports or what other people say about someone else and getting in agreement and gossip and all these kind of things. When I don't give any of that place, I'm empowered to do more of that and to help other people see what that's like. You don't know, I'm telling you today, you don't know how many people watch everything that you do. If you're a Christian and people know you're a Christian, they watch everything you do. Have you ever been somewhere and you were talking to somebody, like Josh and I are talking right here, somebody's sitting like four seats back and you don't think they're hearing you? You are deceived. They're hearing every word. They may be in three conversations, but they're hearing everything you said. 
You know, I'm talking about people that know you because they want to know what you're doing. They want to know what you're saying. How, how are you responding? Are you it, it, somebody four seats back to listening to what I'm saying? Are Josh and I gossiping, talking about, you know, what a jerk Caleb is, you know? And, and they're saying, well, you know, did you hear what they said about Caleb? And you don't think, you know, you think you're getting away with it. Or you, you're, it's sometimes we're not even conscious of the things that we say like that. But I'm telling you, people hear everything that we say. Everything. And you know what? When the peace of God is ruling over your heart and mind, you want people to hear what you say. Because you're operating in self-control. You're controlling your bad-to-the-bone self. Hmm? You're controlling yourself. And, and you're not going to allow yourself to say things and do things that are not pleasing to God. So that's what It's not somebody thinking you're all that because you didn't say something ugly about someone when you had a chance to. No. You did what was right because you're operating in the fruit of self-control because you want to do what's pleasing to the Father more than you want to do anything else. And when that becomes a part of your life, you're living testimony to the greatness of the things of God because in the natural, there's too much opposition against us to, to, for us to really overcome situations like I'm talking about tonight. But we have peace in the name of Jesus and nothing in life can rob you of that peace because it's not from the world, it's from him. He gave you his personal peace. Nothing missing, Nothing broken, calmness, a quietness, an assurance, a bringing together of all of mankind for the salvation and the liberation and the deliverance of all of, all of mankind and, and everybody in life. God intended it to be that way, and he gave us the weapons, and one of those major weapons is the peace of God working in us and, and, and for us, but working through us to the world. How, how's the world going to know what that peace looks like if it's not working and operating in us? Amen. Take these words tonight. Meditate on it. I mean, nine different letters that Paul sent to the churches. Actually, there's, I think there's three more than that, than the ones that I read tonight. He said, grace to you and peace from God. And the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said it over and over to all, in all these letters. And peace from the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace that is from Jesus Christ who is the living word. And we have, and, and, and as he's saying that to them, and as, he, as I was reading it tonight, God's saying it to us, then we're to receive it. Amen? Take it, receive it, and make it a part of you.